Hey guys, what's up? It's Unique. We're back with another episode of Dear Black Girl Now. Be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Dear Black Girl Pod. And you guys can follow me on Instagram at Unique Smiles. Now, if you haven't already, before you pop in and continue to listen to this episode, please be sure to check out the playlist that goes along with this episode. You can catch it on Spotify and you can catch it on Apple Music. Um, just type in hashtag letters to black girls on Spotify and on Apple Music. You can just type in Uni Smiles, which is my profile, and it should pop up letters to black girls in my profile. If this is your first time listening to Dear Black Girl, it's basically a space where black women come on and they tell their stories by creating a playlist that reflects different moments within our stories. It's super dope. So if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate us and leave a comment and subscribe. Um, if you're listening to us on Spotify, please be sure to follow us. If you're listening to us on Stitcher, subscribe. Um, and if you're listening to us via SoundCloud, hit that like button. We really appreciate it. Also, this weekend, actually tomorrow, I'm in Atlanta. I'm currently in Atlanta right now. And tomorrow is the Ladies in the Industry Conference. So I'm really excited to be speaking on a panel there. And I'm hoping that some of our Atlanta listeners will be at the event tomorrow. If so, be sure to come say hi and talk to me. I'm really excited to meet you guys. Here's today's episode. You're really going to enjoy it. It's a part of our dope black woman in music segment for the month of March. Cause like I said, for this month, we've dropped the episode every week. Um, last week's was Ari Lennox. Um, we also shot a video for the Ari Lennox one. So if you want to check out the full video version of the Ari Lennox Dear Black Girl episode, um, head over to my YouTube. It's also Uni Smiles. Pretty much everything on social media is Uni Smiles. And you can check out the full video of, for that episode on um, our profile page. And before that, we had Abby Jasmine from Staten Island, who's science cinematic, and she's dope and funny. So you can also check out that episode. So without further ado, here's today's episode, guys. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dear Black Girl. And today's guest is all the way from Philly. Her name is Suzanne Christine. Suzanne. Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a singer. I'm a songwriter. I'm an all-around artist. Uh, I like to um, give back to the community. A lot of people do consider me an activist. Um, I love to fight for uh, those who've been wrongfully accused. I go into the prisons and, you know, try to uplift the brothers in there with uh, my music. And I also am the founder and president of a nonprofit organization for youth who are interested in the arts. When did you get involved in going to, like, the prison? and talking to the people there. I got involved. Um, my ex-boyfriend, actually, his um, his uncle was put away in jail and um, he told me his story. I started reading up on his story. You know, once I got to know the family, you know, they were giving me all uh, the facts, the information. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. This is, this is ridiculous. And, you know, this man has been accused of killing somebody that he knew. Somebody lied on him. They came back, recanted their lie and said, you know, hey, I was pressured into saying that this man did this. This man did not do this. You know, I'm coming back years later in Pennsylvania you have six months to basically get an appeal to say hey this new evidence came out about my case need to go back to retrial or something like that well Eric didn't find out 
that the guy came and recanted his lie until well after six months. Are you serious? Yeah. And no one ever told him? Nobody told him. He started getting letters from the Supreme Court basically saying that we know you're an innocent man who sits in jail. And they're not letting him out? No. What? They got to get a law amended. No, that doesn't just show that how fucked up the system is. Listen, it's horrible. And so I helped um, Larry Krasner, who's a district attorney in Philadelphia, um, on uh, his campaign run. Help push him because, you know, I knew that he was he's here to help people, especially in the system, he's, you know, fighting the system. So I wrote a letter to Larry Krasner saying, hey, you know, you guys need to pay attention to this case. Y'all need to do something about this. And it's been months. It's been it's been almost like a year coming up on and this man is still in there. But there has been a lot of progress. Uh, Meek Mill speaks out on his case very often. He was actually Meek Mill's uh, walkie. So I speak to Eric Riddick quite often, you know. And Wait, what does walkie mean? Like uh, somebody that you walk in jail with. Like okay. uh, sometimes they so like while, have partners. while you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. For him. Okay. Yep. So um, they were on the same block together. Once uh, Meek found out about Eric Reddick's case, it was like, oh, man, you know, we got to push about this. So he's had he had some great interviews and he's he's doing this thing. You know, we're going to we're going to still fight for this man, get his justice. What about your nonprofit? What? Yes. That off? So my nonprofit, you know, I grew up as like a Girl Scout. I feel like being a Girl Scout kind of taught me the, the importance of giving back to the community and um, when I was growing up, my mom put me in this musical theater program. So I really had a lot of my training doing musical theater. So I like to act. I love to sing and also dance. When I guess uh, I was about, I was riding in my mom's car. This is probably like 2009-ish or something like that. I'm riding in the backseat of my mom's car and I'm riding down the street and I see the Uptown Building. And the Uptown Building is almost like the Apollo like how it's a staple. Everybody used to come there and do shows and it was heavy with R&B and soul music. And it was a prominent building, a prominent venue. It's no longer open anymore. And I don't know, I came with this vision where I could see youth helping one another, networking with each other, learning different aspects of the arts. So photography, dance, vocal music, theater, fashion and styling, all of these things. Because I feel like, you know, you start realizing how much you need other people when you start doing music. Mm -hmm. It's like, wait a minute, I need a graphic designer. I need a dance. I need dancers. I need a photographer. You know, it's like the list just goes on. It's like you need to network with so many people. So I just came with this vision and I said, you know what? I think I want to start classes, you know, where I give back to kids who are interested in the arts and they can at least get their feet wet to kind of learn some of the arts, see if it's something that they like to do. Because there also was taking a lot of the arts out of... Um, the schools and everything. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like It's ridiculous. Budgets are going. Like, the arts is, like, almost non-existent in a lot of the public schools in Philly. Some people are getting them back, and they're, like, creating studios and stuff like that. And, like, my the choir I used to be on in high school, I go back to visit my high school all the time. No longer around. It's just ridiculous. What has your journey been like chasing your dream of becoming an artist? Well, a mainstream artist. It's been, man, it's been full of peaks and valleys. It's been full of peaks and valleys. You know, it's been 
a, a fun ride though. It's been a lot. It's been a ride where I've like learned so much. A lot of lessons I was taught, a lot of mistakes made that I had to learn from, and a lot of、uh, learning about myself and trusting myself, and finally getting to a point where I start really believing in myself. So it's been a good journey. I'm 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 glad that I took this route. I'm glad that I left my my full time job and said, you know what, I want to do music. You know, before I get too old, I want to like you know. Not be married, cause you know one day you wake up, you're married, you have kids, you know, and you didn't do anything that you really wanted to do in your life. All right, so let's get into your song. Song number five. So song number five, I'll start off with is Tevin Campbell's. It's I'm such an old school girl. Tevin Campbell、uh, and Quincy Jones, tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring a better you, a better me. I've been singing it since I was a kid, right?、Mm-hmm. That's number one. So it's a song that really resonates with me. It lives in me ever since I was a kid. Always was singing this song. Went through some stuff when I was supposed to be teaching this song to some kids. It was like a really tough, tough time in my life. I went in the hospital for like three months, and the song is very inspiring. It's one of those songs that just makes me think about just hoping to be better, like the next day, like. You might be going through so much crap, and then you want to just get better the next day. What really got you into singing and songwriting? Um, it was always in me.、Uh, when I was a kid, I would just write music with my friends' songs, and I was always singing. My mom put me into the choir in church at a very young age. I was like five. I didn't know I could sing. You know, sometimes you just don't really realize your greatness. Yeah, you know, it takes you a long time. Like other people's, other people will see it, but you're just totally oblivious to it. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. So you know,、um, my choir director, she was like point bringing me out. Like she wanted me to do solos. Then she wanted me to like do this whole, record a whole song that she was gonna put on the radio station. She had like an AM show. Oh wow. Back then, yeah. So it was like. Um, so then it was like that was the first time I heard myself on the radio when I was a kid. So I'm like, okay, this is this is something, and it's just who I am. Like I think I, as much as I might have tried to run away from it, it's just no way I could possibly run away from myself. I will say this: being in a choir, if you want to be a singer, that's like the most empowering thing you can do. Singing at a church because <laughs> they will cheer you on like no other. You ain't lying. No matter what age you are, they will put so much positivity. It, that is so so、true. much to see to make the you best、believe. place to train. Yes, yes, yes. So I guess that's why for a long time I didn't know because everybody was getting love, and then. But I was always getting like love, love. Like I, I've been called Whitney for a very long time in my life, diva Whitney, and not like diva like in a bad term, but just like you, the you just got it all my life. I used to get the lead roles in the city of Philadelphia's、um, performing arts musical theater camp. So it was just like I was doing a lot of great things, but for some reason, you know,、uh, it just wasn't clicking with you. Yeah, I, I think again, I was like in this cloud. I didn't, ha- I didn't realize what was happening. Why do you think you were running away from it or trying to run away from it at one point? I know every reason. Well, first of all, my mother, she used to always put her projections. 
she feared this music industry. And I understand why, because it's full of devils. You got to have people that will protect you. If, you're, if your faith is right, you know, you'll just always be protected anyway. But my mom, so she, she didn't want me to get into it. I'm her only daughter. And it's like, no. I was growing up, people wanted me to record. And she was like, no, she needs to do this first. She needs to do that. And so I started believing it. Like, no, I don't want to do music. You know, a lot of people weren't being successful. A lot of people weren't getting good opportunities. And they were really talented individuals. And so I, that discouraged me. So amongst feeling like, okay, I don't know what this industry is. My mom didn't want me to in it. Me feeling like I was getting discouraged by everybody else's story just kind of turned me away from it. Like, no, that's not what I want to do. Like, I, I'll always be able to sing. I'll sing somewhere, but I'm not trying to pursue it as a career. It's a scary thing because, you know, you got some people who like... That's what they are born to do and to just have a dream just taken away from you for whatever reason. And, and I really, I guess it depends on the level of your dream because some people are living their dreams and they don't ever have to like, quote unquote, make it. Like a lot of people, it's like, what's making it to you? You know, everybody has to really define what making it is. Um, but if you're if you're making money doing what it is that you love and, and you're grateful for being able to wake up every day to do things that you love to do, then maybe you could be happy with knowing that, OK, I've, I've done everything. You give it all you got. And that was the one thing about me. Like I said, I had to give it a try. I got to at least see like, why would I just give up on myself before I even start? But it took me a long time to finally get to a place where it was like, you know, what? I'm going to try it. So what is your definition of making it? Making it is just really becoming your, your greatest version of yourself. And you'll know it one day. You're always chasing for more. Always. So you could have reached your biggest goal. Like somebody could have gotten a Grammy and they still want something else. Song number four. Song number four. My Life, Mary J. Blige. My Life. She she talks about some heavy, heavy, heavy things in that song and... You know, sometimes you, I know I went through a lot of dark moments in my life, really dark. I'm, I'm happy to be here like today, standing, smiling, you know, sitting across the room from you right now. I had to lean on something. I had to trust in something to get me through that. I didn't know when I was going to see sunshine again. For a long time, I was in really dark places. So sunshine feels great. I, I worked hard to see sunshine. I worked hard to still be living, to still be breathing. I know I've been lied on. I've been, I, it's been a lot of, a lot of things that have happened to me. My mind could have been taken away numerous times. Like you lose your mind, you lose you. And you know, I've, I just couldn't, I really could have died. So it's the fact that I'm here today, right now, is, is just a beautiful thing. And that song is, is just a relevant song. You can still have peace. You can still have joy. And you can still see the sunshine after the rain. What are some ways that I hope you get out of those dark moments? Well, first of all, I think when you go through the darkness, right, you, you're going through times where you're just like, man... I don't even want to be here anymore. Like, truthfully, you like you think about it numerous times. Like, I don't want to be here no more. Like, what am I? What is the point? Like, this is too much. Like, to push through this, you know, every day have to fight, fight, fight. But I think that somewhere within you, you really, truly want to live. So then you start feeling like, am I missing something? Like, at least me. Am I missing something? Like, what's happening here? Because... There's people in the world that are happy, and I want to be one of them. What are they doing? I must be missing something. And I will be honest, like, I feel like my spirituality and my, my religion, 
I had to change it. I had to rethink everything that I believed in because I felt like as much as I prayed, as much as I looked outside of myself for something to help me that I never met or never knew or it, I just felt like that that right there alone is too much. It's like just you're asking for something and, and believing that something else outside of yourself is going to make things happen. And it's like, listen, while that may be true in some kind of aspect, you have to have this power within that you know about. So I, I started reading a lot. I started like, you know, getting like self-help books and started reading like The Secret and The Alchemist. And these books really helped me to retrain and reprogram my mind. And I've been going through a repro reprogramming for a few years now and it's getting better and I'm like seeing results from a better mind. So, okay, so The Alchemist. All right, so the first time I got introduced to that book, I was forced to read it in the 10th grade. Oh, wow. Um, and then like, I remember Lucky when I got you. to... And I feel like that at the time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good book, but I feel like it at the time. So then I remember there's like a lot of books that I got forced to read when I was younger. I still remember that story right from start to finish like i vividly remember the story that probably had to be because like after each chapter we had to like write a one-page paper about it or right shit. i didn't understand it so then like i think when i was probably like beginning of 2017 mm -hmm. uh i rebought the book okay and then i started to read it again i started to like i guess understand more what people were talking it's getting about deeper to you because like 15-year-old me was just like, this is a good It was going, story, going over your head. But I was just like, I'm just reading this so I can pass my rhetoric class. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That's how but it like, is. 20, what, 20? So that's 15-year-old me. So like 20, I think I was 27 when I rewrite re it. 20, so 27-year-old so me was just like, let me just reread this. And then like, the more I read it, I was just like, I always see these Instagram quotes. I was like, oh, all these Instagram memes that people be reposting, this, this comes from the book. I'm just like, how That's crazy. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But anyway, like, reading that book, what, was, <laughs> what did that mean to you? <laughs> you know, it took me, it just took me through a whole spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. That book is very spiritual. I was like, it was... It spoke to me and it resonated with my spirit so much. And, you know, it just, I just remember feeling like, oh my gosh, I can do things. Like, I have infinite power. It made me feel like this is a journey. I'm on a life's journey right now. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I got to enjoy this life's journey. There's a place that I, I, I plan to get to, but I can really get there. I, I can make it over the mountain. And, I'm magical. It sparked something in me that made me feel like I was I was bigger than I thought I ever was. I needed to feel that way though. I needed to be empowered and inspired in that particular way, right there. Yeah, and that book is definitely like one of those homeboys took a leap of faith. A leap of faith, <laughs> like and, a real leap. And then I remember when I, the first time I read it when I was fifteen, I was like, "Damn, like, homeboy can't take." Catch no break. He wasn't catching breaks. <laughs> I was like, damn. Every time I was like, okay, you catch a break. It's just like, damn, something else has happened. That's how my life was feeling. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it still be feeling like, it'd yeah. be like, oh, can I get a break? Like, I'm just trying to be great in my life. And then there was moments where, like, he'll he'll have moments of contentment. He's just like, I could really just do this and yeah. be happy. But then there was something else that was like, nah, this not what we here for. You gotta keep going. Yeah. And I'm just like, there, there's like so it's many more, moments. It's more in life. Like he had like i want to say like four moments of contentment see now i gotta reread it again <laughs> really 
Yeah, because I'm like, like, dang, I don't remember everything. So like, detail. Like one of them was um, when like he he was a shepherd and he just had the same route and yep, he was happy with right. that and he just wanted to marry the baker's daughter. Right, that that's was right. one area of contentment. <laughs> and he kept having dreams about the pyramids. So you talk yes. about this guy that was like, well, go see the pyramids. I'll buy your sheep. So I was like, all right. So then the next moment of contentment was like um, he had just got robbed and he ended up working. Um, at the store. At the store in Morocco. And he found something he can do that will help him make money. And yeah. then, like, he found contentment there. But then, like, something came. Like, a whole caravan we came. About like, we about to go over <laughs> Out to the pyramids. Like, okay. Oh, so I guess I won't here. <laughs> guess I won't be content here. Let's keep going on this journey. And then the next right. one was uh, when they... In the middle of the desert, and they stop at watering holes, and that's where he meets the girl Fatima, who's going to become like his wife and stuff. And then just that lifestyle, he felt content there. But then the Aquaman was like, "Nah, bro, we gotta keep going." Yes, yeah, how to go? <laughs> so then <laughs> this is not like, the last stop. He <laughs> was like, "All right." So then, like, he continues, and then um, see, it's fresh in your brain of everything you know. I was like, "I'm, I, I, it's, it's coming to me." It's like one of those rare books that, like. After I read it when I was 15, it stuck in my head for whatever reason. fucking reason. I it's, don't that know That book is bomb.com. That's why. Yeah, and then, like, he continues to go on what they call his personal journey. And it just continues. He trusts in the universe. and Trusts in and the universe. And that's when they get that, like, act, act the universe. Given. And the universe will provide or whatever. Yes. And everything you need is always inside of you. Yes. And then his journey just took him all the way to the beginning. So, like, the thing he used to... And it's, it's crazy because the thing he dreamt, dreamt about was in the same place he started. And I was just like, what the fuck? I don't think I realized that. Yeah, so, like, you, he was going to the pyramids to right. find this treasure, right? Right. The treasure was in the same damn church he was chilling at the entire time. I don't think I realized that. Yes. Now I gotta go back and reread it for real, for real. It's in the epilogue. Oh. So, like, okay. after he gets robbed at the pyramids and he goes back to the um, monastery and the alchemist, like, leaves... He finds out why the alchemist left the extra gold because he had an idea he was going to get robbed by, by grave robbers. So, like... And then the book ends, but in the epilogue, it tells you what happens after. So, like, he leaves Egypt. He travels back to Spain. Um, it just shows you it don't matter where you go. Yeah. You're going to always be taken care of. It doesn't matter. And when he gets back to Spain, and he's married to Fatima now, but when he gets back to Spain, he goes back to that church, and he finds a chest. And then that chest is the gold that he jumped up that was at the pyramids it was in the church at the same time and i was just like wow bro my friend howard in high school i remember he read it he was like is this some bullshit i read his whole book for him to go back to where he started because <laughs> that's how life is it is Goes into a circle but 50 old ass wasn't understanding none of that i know <laughs> we were just like ain't we were just it was like just going what? over your head all the way over our heads it's okay <laughs> I'm glad I read it when I did. I just was, I just, I just remember like telling my mom, like, mom, this book, this book, oh my God, this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like every time, like every other day, I was like, mom, this book. It's, you know, it, I, I'm grateful for that book. So, yeah. And I, I feel like that's so interesting because, like, um, I, I think I was reading, like, even with the author, like, he's written like so many books, but nothing hit. Like, he was getting denied, 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 denied. And then, like, this he submitted book. the transcript for the Alchemist, and they bought it. And it's one of his biggest books ever. He's yeah. wrote, written books after, but nothing's been as big as that book. 
which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Song number three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Your finger really hard. <laughs> yes. Hold on. Wait a minute because I wrote them down. Um, Lauren Hill is called The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Girl, that song. You know, she talks about the answer, it isn't me. Okay, I know what song you're talking about. And I made up my mind to define my own destiny. Destiny. Yeah. So that song, (laughs) it's just, it's, it's, when I made that decision, you know, my mom was not very happy about me quitting my job. Like, how you gonna make money? You know, you over 18 now, I'm not trying to take care of you. Yeah. Well, here I am today. She's very proud of me, you know, and she knows there's still a lot more work to do. But now she really believes in me. And that's really, I had to fight a long time to get, you know, my parents, my grandparents to just really, like, believe in me, to see that they made something great and that I have a potential to go very, very far, you know? I feel like that's, like, a common story for um, people that, like, they they go outside of status quo to, like, chase after that thing that doesn't look sustainable. Parents are just like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> okay. And it's not one of those they don't believe in you. They're just terrified for terrified. you. So, like, you might be scared to send other, but, like, you don't let your fear overcome it. Your right. parents, on the other hand, they're fucking terrified. Yes. Because, like, they're just like, well, what are they going to do? Because, yeah. like, and they also... And I, they can't protect you anymore. And and it's real. Like, and I've been through some things where sometimes I even said to my mom the other day, I was like, you know, this is sometimes I just wish you were there as, like, my momager when I was getting into the business. So then I could have avoided these issues, you know what I mean? Like things that I had to experience. Maybe I wouldn't have experienced them if I had a mother or somebody there protecting me. Getting sure, like, you don't have to go through this. Like, that's that's neither here nor there. But that song just... I made that decision, like, I'm going to do what it is that I want to do. I'm going to believe, believe in myself, and I'm going to write my own story. Like, I know what I want to do. I'm not going to have to keep working for somebody else if I don't have to. I want to do my music. I want to wake up every day and say I can provide for myself doing music. It's possible. How challenging is it? What? (laughs) Challenge? Challenge? Girl, it's challenging. On a scale from 1 to 10, it's 11. It's not easy. But you know what? When When you have a drive for something, you're passionate about something, and you believe in yourself, it comes like water. It's like, you know what? This is what I want to do. So you wake up every day and you do it. Everybody does not have that passion and that drive to keep going. Some people would have been, if they were in my shoes, they would have been quit a long time ago. Mm -hmm. You know, some people get the easy road. They try to pursue music two to four years. They like on, they got a deal. But if they're trying to like really get into something, it's been seven years, eight years. Some people, they say it should take 10 years of you putting in work before you blow up. That's what they say. 10 years, 10,000 hours or something like that. But a lot of people cannot last that long to see something come to fruition. Like, they would give up. People give up quickly. So, challenge is at an 11 on a scale from 1 to 10. Yeah, cause I was going to say, like, what, what keeps you motivated? Because I feel like what hurts a lot of people is it's not that people aren't passionate. It's just that they let real life take over. 
And oh, that plays a lot on people's mental health. Like, <laughs> this is what you want to do. But then, like, <laughs> the bills don't give a fuck. They want to get paid. So it's just like, you about to do this and be homeless? Or you about to pay your bills and just... Would you rather do? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but there's like the the good thing is that there's always ways to make money, especially as a singer. And I had to teach myself that being a business minded individual makes helps me. You just have to use your resources. And like for me, it it, it was like, you know what? You can't be too big for certain things. Make your money. If even if you got to sing at the funeral today and make a little bread, then you go and sing at the funeral and make some bread. You still doing what it is that you love to do. You got to go sing at the wedding. Go sing at the wedding. Make some money. Do what you got to do. So off the Miseducated album, one of my favorite songs. I used to love them, the one with her and Mary J. I used to. It's a real song. I used to love them, but now I don't. Yeah. It be like that sometimes. Like, I can, I definitely can attest to knowing there's been men that I thought that I loved. And, you know, whatever happened between this happened and it's over. It's a done bun. But I think what I love about that song is just, it's empowering because it goes through the phases. Like, when it starts off, she's just talking about, like, the situation. She, she loved this man so this much. Like, man. the way she described it, she was like, it was a story. he was the ocean and she was the damn she sand. sand. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was the ocean and he was the sand. And mm. and she she loved him with every ounce of her. And then it also talks about in the loving of every ounce of him, she couldn't imagine life. Or a life without loving him went through so much, and then the love was gone. And yeah. as it, it goes on, then they end up finding like that's what they felt it wasn't the type of love they needed to feel. Because it goes on the show, the real love that they needed before they could actually love someone was love for God and within themselves. Like they had to learn how to learn love themselves. Cause I think they were loving these men without loving themselves, so therefore they could not understand how to love. It happens. And I was just like, "This is my song." I don't understand it. It's just my song. <laughs> so and then, funny. like, as I started to, like, you start so dating and all that, I was like, I get it now. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Listen, I get it. I get it. Uh, that's definitely, that that whole album is, like, dear to my heart. Yes. That's dear to my heart. Two. <laughs> Number two. God's plan. First of all, can I just give a shout out to Drake? Because <laughs> Drake, man, first of all, he got two songs on my list. That's number one, mm-hmm. right? Number two, Drake talks some real stuff all the time. He's so, like, transparent. People can relate. You Always. Know? To say, sometimes I feel good, sometimes I don't. And, and you, you winning, it, it doesn't matter what's going on. Like, people will try to block your blessings. People will try to sabotage your career. People will try to do um, a, a whole bunch of things. And it's like, I never did anything to you. I never, what, what's going on? What's happening here? You still, you still progress. And you still like, you know what? It don't matter who's trying to stop me, who's trying to stand in the way. Just like if you come from a Christian background and you know the David and Goliath story, you know them giants will come falling and they will have to bow down to you. And that's just how it is. And I believe that my life is an example of that. It's, you know, God's plan. This is just God's plan. Why do you think people like blocking other people? Um, I think it's insecurities. It's a brainwashing thing that's going on right now. Uh, people have people sell their souls for money. People get hired to do blocking. People, you know, it's 
all types of reasons why people can block. People block because they may have gotten hurt by somebody, and so they don't they don't want to run into them anymore. It's all types of reasons why people sometimes are just evil, and they don't want to see other people's win. And some people feel like it's not enough money out there for everybody. It's not enough so room out money. there. It's not enough room to shine. You know, like, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stars in the sky, but they feel like another one is just too much. You never know. It's all types of reasons. But I've never been a blocker, so I really can't give you example. Like, you know, oh, I know why they do this, but people block and everybody has their own Reason personal reasons why, they, why they're trying to block people. But I, I feel like, you got to be a real evil person to try to take money and food out of people's pockets to take away people's joy and their happiness, to take away people's peace. If somebody was born to do something and somebody wants to do something and you're stopping it, you you come from a real dark place. That's that's all I can come that's all I can really come up with is is you know, you got some real serious issues that you need to deal with in yourself that you got to go that far. Yeah, or therapy. Get some therapy. Hell yeah. So have you ever ran into an instance where uh, someone tried to, like, sabotage or block you? What? Yes, girl. I guess it's, I don't know really if it's even deep. I think, again, it's insecurities. It's jealousy. It's uh, not being able to forgive. And a lot of people don't want you to shine unless... They're a part of what you're doing. If they're not a part, it's like they really trying to... I come from a city where it's just, you know, you hear there's like a list of people that they just don't want to get on. There's just a whole list of people. So, what? yeah, it's just like, you know, they these people made this list, and so we're not going to progress these people. So, I mean, you know, I, I couldn't tell you why everybody might be on a list like that, but... That's just what it is. I don't know. You got good people and you got bad people. Song number one. <laughs> Song number one is Mob Ties. <laughs> because you got to get them out the way. Like, who, like whoever is really trying to be your enemy, especially if, like for me, I've never been like a person that really want anybody to be an enemy. Like I'm supportive. I'm a lovable. Like that's really all I really truly have to give is love. I want to see people progress. I want to see people win, especially black people. Like, I, I hate to see black people going against each other. I hate it. But for anybody who's just trying to stand in your way, like, get them out the way. I'm tired. I'm tired of this. Like, get out of here. You can keep doing what you're doing. I'm not trying to stop you from doing what you're doing. But don't try to stop me. You know what I mean? I'm trying to just keep focus. Yeah, down the road, focus. Uh, what you call it? Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. Get these, get the distractions. Yeah, you got to get people out the way. Get people out the way. So what's been one of the greatest lessons you've learned thus far? Um, I think the, the, the greatest lesson that I've learned so far is to... Okay, I used to always be a pessimistic thinker when it came to, my, when it came to myself. And um, so I had a lot of proving to myself. I had to prove a lot to myself. I feel like since I decided to really truly believe in myself, I've accomplished a lot more. And you make a mistake and, and, and you trust you trust the wrong people sometimes and 
You know, um, I've definitely learned not to trust everybody. And some people don't have your best interests at heart. Sometimes they do. And to use use discernment, really have to use discernment. But believing in yourself, has, I feel like that changes the game. It really changes the game. What do you want your legacy to be? My legacy, my legacy needs to be that I, I bless the world with my voice and my lyrics. And I've, I've been able to help people vibrate higher and I've empowered people. I've inspired people. I've given back. I've helped uh, develop new people. I want to bridge the gaps and, and be an example of how things should be. My legacy needs to be the ultimate definition of love and light. So before we go, mm -hmm. you have to give us your dear black girl open letter. Dear black girl, I will forever be great and my greatness will forever last. Ashe. <laughs> Signed, Suzanne Christine. Sue that. <laughs>